0: This is the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast, episode 24. Hi, I'm Monica Woodhams and this is the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast. I'm an influencer consultant and success coach, and I'm interviewing entrepreneurs, influencers, and industry experts who are making an impact and influencing the world so that we can start to live a life that we are so totally obsessed with. Hey y'all, I'm here today with Sarah Herron. She's the founder of SheLift, a nonprofit organization that empowers girls with physical differences to improve self-acceptance and confidence through outdoor adventures and body positive mentorship. SheLift provides experiences to young women with disabilities to help them live authentic lives and connect with others. SheLift aims to normalize differences while developing, challenging, and nurturing girls' physical and emotional abilities. So I'm so excited to have Sarah on today. We're gonna talk about overcoming self-limiting beliefs, about self-acceptance, and about her journey to found this amazing nonprofit. So welcome, Sarah. Hi, thank you so
1: much. Full of a mission statement, isn't it?
0: <laughs> it is, but I love it. It's so, I mean, I feel like every part of that's supposed to be in there. So.
1: Yeah, it's very important. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited.
0: Yes, me too. So I like to kick off these interviews with a little this or that. So, little yeah. icebreaker. So, are you down for that? Totally. Cool. So, are you an early riser or a night owl?
1: Early riser, 100%.
0: Have you always been?
1: No, I think, um, you know, it really just kicked in when I became self-employed. Like when I was working for someone else or when I was in school, it was like I was always sleeping till that very last mm-hmm. minute. But when you start working for yourself and you have a passion project, you like wake up with the birds and you're like, I'm just ready to get going.
0: Totally. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I remember my corporate job. I would literally be – At one point, I lived across the street from my office, Uh so I would wait till the very last second of my alarm to get out of bed.
1: I know. I was the same way. I lived like two miles from work, and we didn't even have to be in until 10 (laughs) a.m., and so I would sleep until like, you know, whatever, 9.15. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Crazy. It's
0: funny how that shifts, though.
1: But I'm definitely not a night owl. Like I go to bed. I, I like to be in bed every night by like 8.30, which is crazy. And my boyfriend oh my is on a totally different schedule. He's like <laughs> He is the night owl and he sleeps in. And so we're on totally opposite schedules. But I kind of feel like... That's when, you know, those hours in the morning when he's still sleeping, I like bang out a million emails. Right. And then when I go to bed early is when he gets a chance to like edit all of his photos. So it works out.
0: Oh, that really does. Yeah. (laughs) I like that. Okay. Tea or coffee? Coffee. I've never gotten into tea ever. Really? Mm Mm-mm. Not even like an iced tea or? No.
1: I just like, I I guess I like chai because it's really sweet and milky, but I've never been able to get into tea.
0: Interesting. I wish I
1: could. It'd be so much healthier for me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Podcasts or books?
1: Definitely podcasts as of late. Um, I do love reading, but I am so into just multitasking media. If I can listen to something while I'm driving or getting ready in the morning or, you know, doing emails or painting or doing the things that I like to do. I mean, I, I'm so into podcasts right now. I'm obsessed.
0: Yeah, same. Colorful wardrobe or a neutral wardrobe?
1: Neutral. I have a thing for like, yeah, beiges and earth tones, <laughs> a lot of black and same. white. Not too many colors though.
0: Do you, what, is there like one color that's actually in your closet or? A pink.
1: I've okay. always loved pink. <laughs> so I do wear, it, it looks good on me. I like pink.
0: Yes. And then the last one is takeout or cooking?
1: Oh, um, I guess I would say cooking. I've never really been a fan of takeout, but I've also never been a very good cook. Like my boyfriend does all the cooking, and when I was single, I um, I never cooked. I Like I'm not kidding, I don't know how to cook. I've just now learned how to make a few recipes with um, with Dylan but before that I think I just kind of scavenged all my meals at work or you know like Whole Foods if that counts. Oh as takeout. Yes. But yeah I never really um, cooked until now and but I would I would say cooking now is my choice. Okay yeah. nice.
0: I'm all about that Whole Foods to go sexually. Oh yeah it's dangerous. It's so good.
1: And somehow you like the salad bar or the hot food bar, it's like you're like, yeah, this is gonna be cost efficient. Oh. And then you go to check out and it's like seventeen dollars for a box of salad.
0: I know. It's like I could have like had this delivered to me and had like yeah <laughs> two two meals for the day. Yeah. It always happens. It's nuts. All right. So let's dive into talking about She Lift and really where this nonprofit came from within yourself to get it out there. So Mm -hmm. what has the journey been to found She Lift, and kind of let's start from even before that to when maybe it was just an idea or something in the back of your mind? Yeah.
1: So um, as you know, I was born without my left arm and growing up that, I don't know if I always was aware of the challenges that made until I you know, was a young adult. But when I was a young adult, it really became a self-limiting obstacle for me. I thought, you know, I couldn't do a lot of sports. I I thought I wasn't worthy of finding love. I thought, I just didn't have confidence in almost any aspect of life. Um, And I uh, signed up to go on The Bachelor because I thought like, well, this is a way that I can find love. And i really thought that was the solution like if i put myself on a tv show like someone's gonna fall in love with me and that's how i'm gonna Mm -hmm. find love because i can't do it on my own and meanwhile while i was going on the bachelor i i was getting physically fit because like going on the show i knew i'm gonna have to be in a swimsuit i'm gonna be on tv so i started working out and i was going on hikes and i was getting more and more into skiing. I mean, when the season was appropriate and I slowly started to discover like, wow, I actually am capable of doing yoga or going to a spin class or doing the things that my entire life I thought I wasn't able to do. And as I was getting healthier and more active, my mindset was too. And so my confidence grew and my self-esteem improved. And I took that confidence into the show with me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and over the course of like the next five years, I guess um, was all a part of the journey and a part of the learning process. So I obviously didn't find love on The Bachelor, <laughs> and I came home <laughs> and I went back to my corporate job. You know, I yeah. I never set out to be an influencer or a reality star. Um, I just wanted to find love, and when it didn't work out, I was like, okay, I'll go back to work. And what happened was when the show aired, I started getting, like, so much fan mail from girls all across the world, literally all across the world, who were born without an arm or a leg or had been through a traumatic accident and were dealing with PTSD. And a lot of the girls could relate to my story um, on The Bachelor. So when they were watching it, They thought, like, oh, I want to reach out to Sarah. And um, meanwhile, I was like, hold on. I did not sign up for this responsibility. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not even in a place of self-acceptance myself. I can't possibly have the answers for all these people that are now looking to me. And so I kind of just ignored it. I mean, I'm embarrassed to say that today. But I ignored it because I was just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. And then I was invited to go back on The Bachelor And repeated the whole experience, didn't find love again, but um, again received so much fan mail Mm -hmm. from girls um, that by about the third year, I would say after, I finally arrived at this place of I am capable, I am strong, I am worthy of love, I know that I'm not going to find it on TV and that shouldn't be a measure of my worth. Um, And and it's like uh, the light bulb went off, you know, I was like, okay, I get it and i was riding a chairlift in aspen colorado with my dad one day because i learned to ski with my dad as a as an adult and i was on the chairlift and i thought how cool would it be if i hosted a ski camp for girls with adaptive needs mm. and that's all it was like that was the aha moment um oh my gosh. it was never i want to start an organization or a charity right. i just wanted to get a group of girls together and go skiing and let the girls feel a sense of community you know um through their differences and so i started organizing that first retreat and before i knew it i was like this has legs for possible you know it has the has the possibility to be a brand an organization Mm -hmm. a charity like it just has room to grow so i founded the 501c3 and have now just spent the last three years growing it and watching it turn into a life of its own
0: yeah I love that and I really love how it wasn't like this huge master plan where like you sat down one day and like got the notebooks out and was like okay how can I like turn this into something bigger it was really like you know it would be really cool if we got this one day this group of girls together yeah and started there and i think that's such a less overwhelming way also to go about it because you know getting your voice out there and being the voice for others it doesn't have to be this like Grand master plan where you sit down for six days and, like, with your head down, it can really be as simple as just start with what feels good and then see what happens.
1: Yeah, that's such a great point. I mean, I think there's a lot of pressure on people to figure out, like, what their side hustle is. Mm -hmm. And I think if you do just start it as an idea, like, hey, I'm just going to throw this paint at the wall and see how it looks. And if it's cool, like, we'll go from there. But if it sucks and it's ugly, like, we'll scrap it. And Myself, as someone who is in advertising, and I was an art director, I went to school for graphic design, everybody I worked with had their side hustle. You know, Everyone Mm -hmm. was either a calligraphy artist or they're writing a novel or they, everyone had their project and I never had a project. And I always felt like, wow, I must not be a good creative if I don't have my side hustle. Like Mm -hmm. I don't have my hobby that I go home and just obsess over what's wrong with me. And, and so there is that pressure and I can definitely relate to it. people think they have to have that business plan mm-hmm. before they can start anything. And I think it's about not being so precious with your ideas and just, like I said, seeing what works, you know, sample yeah, things.
0: Exactly. And I think another thing that stops people from really moving forward is thinking, well, who am I to help someone else? And that's something that you had to overcome as well. So what was that moment where you realized, you know what, like, yes, maybe I like, I have some things that I still work on, but I know this much to help make a difference.
1: Well, okay, I always, um, I think what made me so relatable and the reason I believed I could do this was because I never preached to anyone that I had the answers. I just said, I'm here and I understand. And I get it what it feels like to not want to put yourself out there and date. And I understand when you don't want to go play volleyball at the beach with your friends because you're insecure about being in a swimsuit or whatever. Like, I don't have the answer and I don't know. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life, but I understand. Mm-hmm. And that was like my way in. I, I just realized okay, if I can just be someone for girls to listen to, sometimes that's all you need. Yeah so totally
0: I love that because again like people want the community more than anything else I think yeah now I think in this like online world it's kind of like we're all kind of on our own and if we can find those communities that we really actually feel connected to and resonate that's where kind of that that personal development and that confidence in yourself and excitement to be yourself and your true self really comes through. It's hard to get excited, you know, when you feel like you're alone. Yeah, and I think when we
1: find somebody that can relate to what we've been through or someone that we can identify with, it gives us permission to to wear that as well. So, Mm -hmm. for example, like when I found out that one of my friends was vocally talking on her Instagram about her body image issues and her history with eating issues, that gave me the confidence like, wow, if she's talking about it, like, well, I kind of want to talk about it too because I'm inspired by what she's saying and I connect with her. And so I think a lot of times, you know, we saw it with the Me Too movement and, Mm -hmm. and really any sense of community for women to say, yes, I feel that way too. I'm here with you is really empowering.
0: Totally. And it goes beyond, like, you. Like, yes, like, I like our brain can be like, oh, I'm really, like, nervous to get this out there. But then if you take a step back and you're like, okay, this is actually something bigger. It's not just about me and this why, this mission, like getting that out there is more important than like how awkward it's going to feel. if like someone from middle school sees my post. Right.
1: Right. And it's scary. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to diminish that for anyone. It's very like, it's, it's hard and you're being vulnerable, but I truly believe that we find strength and courage from vulnerability. I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, the biggest Brene Brown advocate. (laughs) She's like my God. So, um, I truly wholeheartedly believe that when you put yourself out there, the universe pays you back in exponential
0: ways. Absolutely. When did you realize that approval and self-acceptance, it couldn't come from anyone other than you? Was that while you were on The Bachelor, after?
1: Um, I think it was after. Okay. And I actually think it was – I would – I would credit it to a pretty bad breakup that I had after The Bachelor. This was like in, be- in between season one and season three of Bachelor in Paradise. Um, I had a really bad breakup and. I, I thought this guy was like so he was so perfect, right? Like in every imaginable way and the whole time we were dating, I was just like, I do not deserve to be with this guy like in any day now, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop and he's going to realize that I am not deserving or I'm not pretty enough or skinny enough or funny enough. Like, I just felt like I'm never going to be good enough for this guy. Why in the world is he dating me? Mm -hmm. And sure enough, that self-talk won and he dumped me. And because that insecurity was apparent, you know, and I was like suffering from anxiety and I would have panic attacks because I was just like so on the tip of my toes trying to be perfect for him. And it just wasn't my authentic self. And mm-hmm. so, of course, and when we broke up, I went through the whole roller coaster of like, well, what did I do wrong? Why am I not good enough? And I finally had to realize because Sarah, it didn't work out because you were not being your true self. Like mm-hmm. you were not giving him the person that you really are. And imagine if you were with him for five years and you were keeping that all bottled up or a lifetime and yeah. you could never be with yourself and you were living in this place of fear and anxiety and trying to be perfect for him. How uncomfortable would that be for an entire lifetime? Yeah. So I realized like, hey, I just got to be me and someone's going to love it or not. <laughs> <And it's, laughs> you know. But like someone who does finally love it is going to be so perfect for me.
0: Yeah, I resonate with that so much because I I had a very similar experience and looking back it's like I manifested the breakup. Yes. Because I was just always so sure it was gonna happen. Yes. At any moment. Like anytime we were about to have a serious conversation, I would be like, This is it. This is when he breaks up with me. Yep. And I was living in fear that whole relationship and you know when we live in fear, like that's not where the magic of life happens.
1: Totally. Uh, I bet there are so many women, too, that can say that same experience has happened.
0: Totally. Why do you think that is that it's easier for us to be in that fear space than in that confident and empowered and like this is me space?
1: Well, I think, you know, we're just scared of rejection when we're ourselves um, because those are our flaws right? And it's scary to let someone see your flaws and imperfections. I have a friend who um, she blogs and she just writes the best Instagram captions. And she was in a new relationship a couple years ago. And she said, similarly, like every time I'm about to have a serious conversation or like drop a bomb, I'm like so worried that he's going to run the other direction. Mm. But in fact, when I show up naked, metaphorically Mm -hmm. and I'm my true authentic self he actually ends up loving me more and so that was like what inspired me in my new relationship which I'm in now Mm -hmm. I was like okay I'm gonna try this like I'm gonna drop the bombs and (laughs) if he doesn't run perfect (laughs) like it's working and it works and it like it is so scary to let someone see your flaws but once they do it's you just feel like there's nothing else you can hide and you feel your best present authentic self
0: absolutely and i think that's an important reminder too that like that's available for all of us yeah that totally. it's not like some people have that power to be themselves and other people don't it's available for all of us and it's really finding within ourselves why like why we truly believe that we deserve that within ourselves. So yeah, what is something that you did in order to start really tapping into your self-worth and self-acceptance? Was there like a daily practice you did? Was it reading?
1: Yeah, it was self-care, 100%. And I know self-care is kind of a buzzword right now. And yeah. a, lot of, a lot of people might be like, but what is self-care? Like, that's really ambiguous.
0: Is it bubble baths? Right. <laughs> yeah. And it might
1: be for some yeah, right. people. Totally. Like, I, I actually think self-care could be spending time on the couch watching Netflix as long as Mm -hmm. it's within healthy moderation. Um, (laughs) But for some people, self-care is, you know, exercise, eating nutritiously. For me, it was spending time outside. So when I was getting really into hiking, I did most of all that completely solo. I would, Mm -hmm. every weekend, you know, this is when I was still working on nine to five, I would find a new hike, in Southern California that I could go do by myself, you know? So I wasn't doing anything dangerous or without, um, you know, without being knowledgeable. I was, Mm -hmm. I was keeping things within my realistic realm of ability, but, um, I would go on a hike every weekend by myself. And I really found, um, a, a meditation, I guess, on the trail. And I felt like this is where I love being. Even if I'm by myself, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel strong and healthy and empowered. And I kind of started to believe this is where I'll find somebody because this is where I love spending my time and this is where I feel my best. And um, I made friends on the trail. I'm trying to remember if I ever, like, met someone that I dated. I don't know. But um, (laughs) – you know, it brought the right people and energy into my life. And when I started carving out time for morning exercises before going to work, you know, I told you I would sleep until the very last minute. Yeah. But for like the last year of my time at that job, I woke up every day and I worked out. So two or three days a week, I'd go to Soul Cycle And then the other days I'd um, go for a walk on the trail outside of my house, whatever. Just finding that hour and a half every morning to be with myself helped me get to a place of like, here are the things I love to do by myself and I don't need anyone else to join me or approve it because I know that I'm finding happiness. And I felt as long as I stick to that and as long as I keep doing the things that bring joy and confidence into my life, the right guy or opportunity or career will follow suit.
0: Yeah I love that. So yes you were excited about like the hikes and things like that but were there ever moments where you were like you know what today I don't really feel like doing that.
1: Oh yeah and I still have days like that. I mean uh, I think it's also important to address that like once you find confidence or self acceptance, you're not cured for life. Right. (laughs) You know, like I still have days, um, of self doubt and I still have days where I'll look in the mirror and be like, ugh, I look fat today. Or like, and then the next day I'm like, Oh, I look good. And Mm -hmm. I just have to remind myself, like, that's, it's thought, that's not a real thing. Like it's not even physically possible for my body to change that rapidly um but also like i go through bouts of depression still and from like november until kind of right now i'm still like is she lift right for me like did i set out and accomplish this like what's the new brief uh, how do i sustain this um do people like it do people want to be a part of it am i doing all this for nothing so I think it's important to say that like, yes, you will still have moments of self-doubt and that's totally natural and human.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm really glad that you said that because I think there can be this misconception that there's this magical moment where everything is just perfect all the time. Right. And we wouldn't be human if that were the case, but it also like gives us permission to like when those moments do happen instead of being like, Oh, I've come this far and then why is it all of a sudden like feeling like it's all crashing down. It's like, no, like there it's there is a roller coaster to being human and that's mm-hmm. okay. And it doesn't have to be perfect and we don't have to put the pressure on ourselves to be perfect all the time. Completely agree. Yeah. And especially with having a um an organization that's very public, do you feel that pressure to be perfect or for the organization to be perfect.
1: It's interesting. I've actually found that the greatest impact I can make or she lift can make for our audience is when we share those moments of authenticity. Mm-hmm. So it's like when I share to Instagram like oh I'm really, you know, I'm offbeat about something or I'm sad about this or like I've been struggling with my body image lately, but I'm, you know, I'm trying to stay strong and I'm getting outside, whatever. When I share those moments of authenticity, that's when people are like really tuned in because I think people, people are not dumb. Like nobody's perfect. (laughs) And if you're only portraying a perfect life, 100% of the time, your audience and your people that look up to you know that that's not true. And so I, I personally even tend to tune out the people that are constantly posting this perfect lifestyle because I'm like, mm-hmm. that's only your highlight reel, and you're not, you're not really showing your true, authentic self. So I'm not really relating to you <laughs> anymore. Yeah,
0: it's so true, and that was, you know, that was a big reason for this podcast because I feel like being an influencer, it gets that perception that it's like showcasing the best trips the best bags the best outfits all that and to me there's a space for influencer to be so much more than that and really be about like that legacy that you're gonna leave with the world so what does being an influencer mean to you um
1: i mean i think it's about being that's a good question but I i guess it's just about setting um an authentic image for people. I have an 18 year old sister. And so we have a 12 year age gap. And so it's always been top of mind for me to not necessarily be a role model, because I don't want to say that I'm perfect. Like I definitely Mm -hmm. have moments of weakness and flaws. But I understand how important it is to set an example or an image that like I want my sister to absorb. And and so I think that's what it's about is just not necessarily saying you have the answers or the right way to be, but just setting an image of or like just the way you hope your audience or your younger followers will you know try to aspire to be or be motivated to to try something. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's hard because I'm still not like, I'm an influencer. I mean, right, I, yeah. I wear like the same yoga pants for like three days, <laughs> three days in a row. So it's like, it's a very strange. I mean, strange, same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a really strange concept to me. I'm like, I don't know. I can't tell you to be perfect. I never get dressed. No. Um, but I think that's all it's about is just yeah. like letting people know that they're not alone out there and
0: um and that their
1: story is important.
0: Yeah. So when you uh, go on these retreats, how, so they're based around the outdoors. So you do a yes. lot of outdoor activity, and um, I, which I think there's so much amazing things that can happen just by being outside, honestly. Yeah. like Even if you just sat on the grass in your backyard, it'd be like a transformation could happen. But let's oh. talk about the retreats and what goes on. Totally.
1: So um, they've evolved. The retreats have evolved a little bit, but... I always wanted them to be a once-in-a-lifetime experience. There are plenty of adaptive sport camps. There are outward-bound adventures, you know, there are tons of opportunities, but I wanted to find a way, I wanted to find a very unique experience for these girls that maybe otherwise would not have the opportunity to experience it. So. I am an avid lover of the outdoors, but I'm also a princess. And I love, (laughs) you know, I love camping, but I like glamping, or (laughs) I always like to make things a little bit more luxe. And so I wanted to create these experiences that combined outdoor recreation with the finer comforts of life. And we also incorporate a heavy dose of um, personal coaching and life coaching, Mm -hmm. because I think it's really important that. When we have this group of girls together, that is a in a very intimate, private environment, and the girls all share one very specific thing in common. I think it's really important that we do the work to dig deep and discover like why we feel the way that we do, and mm-hmm. and just maybe like not solve those problems, but just like I said, create the sense of community. So we do incorporate life coaching, which has been completely transformative and empowering, you know, so we do a lot of workshops and journaling and we do some arts and crafts. And of course, every retreat is centered around a activity. So, so far, we've done ski retreats where the girls will learn to ski and we've gone rappelling and hiking in Moab, Utah. This summer, I have girls coming to Colorado um, and we're gonna go whitewater rafting, which is really exciting, and hiking in the Rocky Mountains and fly fishing, which I think will be totally badass. Um, So yeah, always kind of centered around, you know, a fun outdoor sport that shows girls what they're physically capable of. And then the emotional work that shows girls what they're emotionally capable of.
0: I love that. I love the balance between the two. Yeah. What have been some of like the, oh my gosh, this is so cool moments from those retreats?
1: Um, I think the biggest aha moments always come from really discovering how similar we are Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and seeing the girls have those aha moments. Because many of these, well, I should call them women. Many of these women who come have never met somebody with one arm or one leg or um, a bone difference um, or even, you know, a muscular difference. Like they've never met someone that they can relate to. And when they have that moment of like, oh my gosh, she looks like me. She brushes her hair the same as me she opens a water bottle the same as me they really do have these like oh my like mind-blowing moments and it can get tearful sometimes when you just see that joy of connection happening um i think that's the part that always just brings it back and makes it so worthwhile and rewarding
0: that's so cool i love that and these women are there's some women they go back to back to these retreats or is it usually a new group of women that's attending the retreats?
1: It's a new group. Okay. um, But that's because we're only coming up on our fourth retreat. (laughs) (laughs) So we are going to start hosting uh, reunions every summer. Oh, I love that. Yeah, because the girls all do, um, you know, they connect on Facebook and social media afterward. But I think it'd be really great if we have a reunion every summer that gives newcomers and alumni a chance to connect and and get together so we're doing that this summer in denver and i'm taking the girls and their families who are welcome to come as well uh rock climbing so awesome yes it'll be really cool
0: that's so cool and i saw that you did a a mother-daughter one which i thought was really cool too
1: the mother-daughter idea for that um, well so a lot of the applicants and followers of our she lift Instagram are moms of young girls and initially I was hosting these retreats just for young adults um, so applicants were usually like eh, early 20s to early 30s mm-hmm. some college and but meanwhile like so many moms were like do you have anything for my daughter I think it would be so important for her coming into her you know preteen years before she starts developing <laughs> body image issues and societal pressures like it'd be so great to get her started early and so I thought you know what that's absolutely right and to double down on it moms need the community just as much as the girls themselves so I put together the first mother-daughter retreat we had five five daughters and five moms and we went skiing and the connections happen in different ways because obviously the little girls are not they were all eight, nine, and 10, they're not as, um, they were just excited to have someone to play with, right? Like they're just stoked on having a new friend um, (laughs) that kind of looks like them, Uh but the real transformation and emotional, like work was coming from the moms because the moms were like, I've never had a friend that has a daughter with a limb difference. I don't know how to address the issues like when my daughter gets looked at in target Or when the boy on the playground teases her about having one arm, I don't have another mom to talk about those issues with. Mm -hmm. And so to give them that community was really cool. Um, So we were doing work in in two different ways and it was very, very special.
0: That's so cool. Mm -hmm. And it's cool that it came from, you know, what the women in your community were looking for.
1: Yeah. And I think that's what's, cool about SheLift right now is it's it's pretty responsive to the audience. You know, like each retreat is different. Each activity is different. Each group of girls is different because I'm just responding to what the community is asking for. So, you know, the girls were the ones that were like, we want a reunion. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. That's a great idea. Thank you for telling me how to run the organization <laughs> because I'm figuring it out. So really, I'm just listening to what people are needing and what they're wanting, and I'm just fa- facilitating it for them. I really don't. I really don't think I'm even like, you know, like I said, I'm like I don't have the answers. I'm just listening to what people are saying and trying to, to make it happen for them.
0: Yeah. Have you had that moment that's like, oh my gosh? I, I did it. I've, I've made this happen. I've made this dream career, if you want to consider it that, like, yeah. a reality.
1: Um, I would say I have that moment a little bit more after each retreat. Okay. And especially, like, I'm like, wow, we did it again. Like, that's three retreats. That's, this is so impressive. Um, and I hosted a fundraising retreat, actually, recently in Mexico, which was – we call them SheLift Escapes. And these are retreats designed in the similar fashion of a SheLift retreat, except they're open to all abilities. And built into the ticket price is a donation to SheLift. So um, it's a chance for women to sign up for the adventure and the connection and the life coaching of a SheLift experience while also giving back. And oh, cool. we hosted this in Mexico, and we had 20 women. And I think that was a huge eye-opener because I was just like, wow, like people want to support the cause, but not only that, they want it too. Like women who are, you know, Mm able-bodied, um, they want the programming also. And, and so that's kind of posed a new brief, if you will, for me that I'm like, (sighs) oh my gosh, do I expand this to, you know, to offer the programming to women of all abilities because I do think the programming and the curriculum that we talk about at the retreats can apply to women of all types. It's not just limb difference. Like all women need help overcoming self-limiting beliefs. It's not physically related, it's emotionally. So yeah, I have these little aha moments every day and sometimes I need help reining it in, to be honest. Like I am doing it by myself and so, I have an amazing board of directors, but I don't have staff, and I don't really have a creative partner to, like, bounce the ideas off of all the time, so it's hard to, like, navigate, you know, well, do I do this, or what do I do now? Like, it's it's tough. Yeah,
0: but it's so cool. Like, you – I mean, when you kind of take that step back, it's like, wow. Like, this is something that, like, these women are looking forward to from the second they sign up to – the experience and all that, which is so cool.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent.
0: So you also have your podcast, the She Love Podcast. So yes. what, um, what spurred this? How did you know it was finally time to start the podcast?
1: Well, a couple of things. So as I mentioned, my traditional background is in advertising, and so I've always just been a, a creator. Like I'm always just thinking. What's the big idea? What's my next creative project? And like I just got done, finished saying, like sometimes mm-hmm. I have all these wild and crazy creative ideas. And um, I, I just, I know that SheLift was born out of a big idea um, mm-hmm. and it had legs to grow. And here I'm getting, you know, we're two years in and I'm getting stories sent to me from women all across the world who want to like share their story to our platform Mm -hmm. and I was like well that's really interesting like what if we start featuring more of these women and bringing more visibility to the the ladies out there who have limb differences or physical differences and that kind of just evolved into well I love storytelling and my background is in creating media so why not give this voice? Because mm-hmm. sometimes it's so much more impactful to hear the voice of the storyteller. Um, and so, yeah, I was like, I'm going to start a podcast. Like that sounds easy. The same way when I was like, I'm going to start an organization. That sounds easy. And then of course you get into it and you're like, oh gosh, I don't gotta <laughs> I got to buy a website. I got to do this. I gotta, it's, it's like a lot of work, but I love it so far. It's so cool. So
0: what kind, so so you're having the women who are sharing these stories and um, it's also about, you know, like stopping the comparison and competition that yes we often face. So is that the overarching theme of the podcast?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I consider the podcast to be like um, phase two or chapter two of the She Lift brand. Okay. And like that. Yeah. And I want to use the platform to share things that other women are doing. So kind of literally using the word she lift and lifting other women. I wanna use the platform to talk about other organizations or projects or causes because I think there's room to share. Like we don't need to be um, competitive. I don't need to keep you know, like all the She Lift followers only focused on She Lift. I want to give them the avenues of other things to get involved in. There's so many great causes and, you know, literature and organizations and, and creative projects that women can get involved in. And I think they need that. And women want that. They want to know where they can plug in. And so every episode, I'm going to be interviewing a different woman who's using her experiences to start a project of change and in these interviews we do talk about the underlining she lift themes of body image and self-limiting beliefs and mm-hmm. hearing how women have overcome obstacles to get to the place they are now to inspire and empower other women
0: i love that
1: yeah. what has
0: been like a moment for you where you're like wow the competition really isn't a real thing and having like that community of women lifting us up, that's where the difference is.
1: It's hard because I think it's inherent in us to feel like a sense of competitiveness or jealousy or just like ownership over things. Like even still, you know, I hear someone else is coming out with a project similar to She Lift, and a little tinge of me is like, what? No, like, <laughs> that's not fair. I've been working so hard yeah. at this. But then I'm like, well, why isn't it fair? Like, why does it have to be her way or my way? And why can't we just share in what we're both trying to do? So, and, and you know, ultimately amplify the impact. So it's hard. And I think it would be completely unrealistic to tell people to ignore like competitive feelings. It's natural to feel that way. Um, But I think understanding if you got, if you and someone else have a similar idea, you're both trying to arrive at the same place. So why not team up to get there instead of, you know, holding onto your ball so privately and she's holding onto her ball so tightly, like sharing it. Totally.
0: Yes. Okay. So I love to wrap up these interviews with two questions that are lifestyle based. Okay. And <laughs> the first one is what was your morning routine today?
1: Oh my gosh. My morning routine <laughs> is pretty much the same every day. Um, <clears throat> so I wake up and this is horrible. I'm trying to change it. I wake up and I look at my phone. <laughs> I check the Instagram, I check emails. And um, actually I have a friend who's really strongly encouraging me to stop doing that because it creates a lot of anxiety for me. Um, but so, yeah, I usually look at my phone and then I make my cup of coffee and I respond to emails and it's usually like an hour or two before I even get out of my robe and pajamas. Um, and then I, you know, like I work out and I'll usually I'll do a hot yoga class now where I'm living. I love the hot yoga studio. Mm-hmm. Um And, yeah, but I don't have a routine as far as, like, makeup or hair. Like, I shower. Some days I'll I'll put on makeup. Some days I won't. Yeah. Most days I won't. I usually don't put on makeup unless I'm, like, having a meeting or have to go to
0: an event. (laughs) Same. And, actually, I think that, like, has done wonders for my skin.
1: I think so, too. Yes. It's amazing. I just actually got a facial the other day. Um... excuse me I actually got my first chemical peel I don't know if you've ever had one uh, no
0: I haven't but I'm I've been wanting to but I'm scared
1: (laughs) so I I did and I've been seeing this um esthetician for oh my gosh since I was like a teenager I've been getting facials and she was like your skin looks really good and I was like I swear I think it's because I don't wear makeup anymore yeah like it just it's, it's clear. So, I mean, it seems obvious, right? Like if you're not clogging your pores right, with makeup, yeah. it's obviously going to look healthier, <laughs> but yeah, it, I love it.
0: It's so true. I mean, it's got to breathe. It's, it's alive or skinny. Well, and
1: I don't know how old you are, but I feel personally like the older I'm getting makeup actually ages me because mm. I think sometimes, like, it, like, sets in my wrinkles and then I look more wrinkly. So, I'm like, I just look better without makeup. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else can relate to that. It might no, just be me, yeah. but.
0: No, I'm so, I'm 28. So, okay. I'm still in my 20s. Yes. But I'm having, this is the very first year where, like, like you said, I wear makeup and I'm like, oh, do I need Botox? Like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I didn't have that, like, I that never crossed my mind until this year. So. Well,
1: yeah, totally. I mean, so what do you do you guys talk about that or what's your take on it on on this podcast? Like, do you
0: So, personally, I'm like everyone do you? Like, if yeah. Botox is like what's going to make you feel good, go for it. Mo- I would say almost all my friends have it. Yeah. I haven't cuz I'm scared of needles. So, but, and then the the other piece to that is I haven't decided really personally what my stance on it is. Like I'm totally cool with my friends getting it, but I don't know if I would do it and then regret it. I don't know. What's your thought?
1: Um, similar. Like, and I actually just had a discussion with my boyfriend about this because I have, I get Botox and we've been together for a year. And so it was like coming time that I needed to go get Botox again and I was like really struggling like oh gosh how do I tell Dylan is he not gonna Mm -hmm. like me anymore because you know he's ultra natural like he only in the past has liked these super natural rock climbing chicks that are Uh definitely (laughs) not getting Botox And, and so I'm like oh my god he's just not gonna believe this and so we had a long discussion about it and which was I was sweating I do not get me wrong like I was like so terrified to tell him but I didn't want to keep it like I'm like I don't know like I don't want to keep something like this from him forever what if we're together forever I don't want to hold secrets and so I told him and he was like pretty caught off guard at first and was like I don't know I'm not going to tell you you can't do it but I just wish you know like we had talked about this before the day of your appointment (laughs) and I was like okay fair enough so I canceled because I was like scared and I didn't want him to break up with me because I went down a spiral of, mm. you know, self-doubt. And then we talked about it again. He's like, I've thought about it some more and like your face is beautiful and it's the face that I fell in love with and I love you and if you've been doing this and I didn't even know, like (laughs) who am I to say, you can't keep doing it. Um, And if it's something that makes you feel confident and beautiful, then I want you to be the most confident version of yourself. And so that's my stance on it now is like- I love that. I agree. If it makes you feel good about yourself, then do it. I think there's limitations though. Like no one needs to look plastic or fake. But if something makes you feel better and carry yourself you know, more empowered, then by all means, do it.
0: Yeah, totally. Because again, like, I mean, I don't want to be feeling self-conscious when I wear makeup. Like, that defeats the purpose. Right, right. (laughs) Right? So, yeah. I mean, again, it's like, do what makes you feel confident and good. Like you said, with limitations, like, don't band-aid it. Don't do it. something out of band-aiding a problem. right. Exactly,
1: and also it's like I think if you look at me, you're not gonna be like, oh my gosh, she's pumped full of plastic. Like right. I think yeah. I look pretty. I look pretty normal. <laughs> uh, yes,
0: 100. So, so as long
1: as we keep it there, and I'm I'm totally open in sharing that. You know, it's yeah. like it's I don't
0: I don't need to hide that. So right, well, the, and that's the other thing. Like we don't need to hide if we get Botox or lip filler or whatever it is. Like right, there's. There's no sense of hiding it because if hide it, then people have like a false perception of what maybe is more right. natural at that age. I don't know. Totally. Going oh, into your late point. 20s and early 30s, I'm realizing it is a very strange place <laughs> that is. I'm navigating right now.
1: It is. It's like we grew up with our moms being, you know, like I would hear my mom say like, oh, I'm starting to get gray hairs yeah. or wrinkles or whatever. And I was like, whatever. I have no idea. That doesn't really pertain to me. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm like, I'm 31 and I'm like, oh gosh, I, I understand. I see it. Yeah. I see it. Oh But yeah. I like it. I it's I, fun, I, yeah. I like seeing myself age. I think I'm getting better with age.
0: Oh, I say that all the time too. <laughs> yeah. So. It's fun. Yeah. Okay. And the last question is, do you have a favorite lifestyle hack or tip or trick? Hmm. It could be beauty, wellness, business. Yeah. Whatever.
1: Um, gosh. Okay. This is something that I'm, I've recently adopted and I'm trying to be, to be better at it myself, but it's outsourcing whatever you can. Yeah. You know, I think there's so much we need to like do in a single day that it can be really overwhelming. And so if you can outsource something to take it off your plate or alleviate a little bit of stress or anxiety, um that's my biggest life hack. So I've recently started doing some of the like meal mm-hmm. um subscription like uh Blue Apron. Mm-hmm. You know, that helps because girl figuring out a recipe and then going to the grocery store to like get all the things is super like it ends up becoming a yeah it ends up becoming like a time suck for me oh it'll be
0: like five hours for like yeah I'm convinced I don't know how to grocery shop efficiently yeah I don't know how people exactly my mom like will go in and out and have like enough food for the rest of the week and yeah (laughs) and I can't even like figure out how to shop for
1: one meal (laughs) And then you overbuy yeah. and you're like, oh, no, I have so much produce. I don't know what to do with it at all. So I think outsourcing and even if if it's in a creative sense, like I just, ha- you know, I, I ha- I'm a creative person. And so I was like, I need to design the artwork for my She Lift podcast. But then I couldn't design anything that I liked or could be happy with. And so I was like, you know what? I found an amazing graphic designer. And I was like, would you design something for me? And she did. And I love it. And I'm like, wow, that
0: took so much time and effort off my plate. It was amazing. Yeah. When I lived in LA, I outsourced my laundry and Mm. my grocery shopping, and it was the best thing ever. That's so smart. Laundry. That's so smart. Yeah. I was like, only in LA can I have people come pick up my laundry through an app. (laughs) Yeah. What's your life hack? Oh, my gosh. That's, no one's ever asked me that. I know I don't have an answer. <laughs> I mean, okay, so, actually, it's washing my face with water for when I don't wear makeup. Um, okay. I, I read, I think it was, like, Glamour or Cosmo or something when I was, like, 18 or 19 in college, and Jennifer Lopez said the secret to her glowy skin was washing her face with water. <laughs> And As opposed to what? Like, um, <laughs> no, like face wash, like cleanser. Oh, yeah, so like really? literally so just, using- water. just water. Interesting. And I had really bad acne at the time, and I was just really desperate to try anything. So uh-huh. I tried it, and I mean, of course, like at that age, so many other things, like your hormones are changing, all that. So I can't like say it's just because I changed the water thing but yeah. i mean since then it's been like 10 years and i still if i don't wear makeup i do just wash my face with just water and like my face is i mean that's awesome yeah my skin is I'm try really that. well i think so many cleansers have such harsh chemicals in it that uh. that might be why and so it's like if I used the cleanser that was all natural and didn't have any chemicals, I'm sure it would be the
1: Do same. you remember? I don't remember when this was, or if this was real news or fake news. <laughs> but do, do you remember when there was a thing that people were using kitty litter to wash their face? No. Yes, it was on like BuzzFeed or Pop Sugar or something like that. Google it. I swear, oh I gosh. swear, I remember this. Maybe it was a joke, but, like, (laughs) I I think there was an article that people were using kitty litter to wash their face. No,
0: no, (laughs) I just Googled it, and it was on Dr. Oz. Oz.
1: Yes, (gasps) see, it's a real
0: thing. That can't be okay. It's so strange.
1: I, yeah, I don't get it. I mean,
0: if pregnant ladies can't be around kitty litter, then we shouldn't. Why would you wash your
1: face with it? That's how
0: I feel about so many things. If a pregnant person... I, with the exception of sushi, because I could never let go of sushi. Oh, but I'm like, if I someone know. pregnant can't use this, then maybe none of us should be.
1: I know. Yeah, look into that. It's really strange. Maybe you could do a whole post on it.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> insane. I am so – wow. My The things people See, do. that's
1: about – I know. And that's about the, like, extent of my beauty, like, knowledge. Like, I, the, I only read – articles that have clickbait like oh, that. <laughs> like yeah. Kitty litter. What?
0: I, I'm also, I will only read the headlines like 90% yeah. of the time.
1: <laughs> totally. We don't have no. time for that. No, That's why podcasting is the way of the future. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Okay. So where can everyone find you? Where can they find your podcast, more about the retreats, all of it?
1: Yeah, gosh, there's a lot. Okay, so you can learn more about SheLift at SheLift.org. You can follow us on Instagram at uh, SheLiftGrams on Instagram. You can follow me at Sarah Heron, S-A-R-A-H-H-E-R-R-O-N on Instagram. And then the podcast can be found on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts. It's just simply called the SheLift Podcast. Uh, You can also find it through SheLift.org.
0: Amazing. I'll have that all linked up in the show notes. (laughs)
1: That'll make it so much easier. I know there's a million, million ways to get in
0: (laughs) touch. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for joining on the podcast today. It was so much fun.
1: Thanks for having me. It was a blast. Thanks for
0: listening to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast loved this episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review. For show notes and free tips and trainings, head over to monicawoodhams.com slash podcast. You'll be able to learn more about this week's guest and how to connect with her as well. Talk soon, y'all.